I'm Seth Bostead, and we are live on 98.7 WFMT in Chicago on the WFMT radio network, and we're streaming worldwide on WFMT.com. I want to welcome our listeners to a very special broadcast featuring 8th Blackbird. This is a very special night for us. It's always a special opportunity when we, the uh, Relevant Tones team gets to do a live broadcast. But this is a bit of a field trip for us tonight. We are not in the WFMT studios. We are in a gallery space at the Museum of Contemporary Art here in Chicago, where Ace Blackbird is in the midst of an extraordinary residency, and that goes until July 10th. We'll be talking a little bit more about that residency later on in the program tonight. The music that we're going to hear tonight is part of a collaboration between 8th Blackbird and composers from the Sleeping Giant Collective. I'm going to be talking to members of 8th Blackbird tonight. With me right now is Nicholas Fotinos, the cellist and a founding member. Thanks, Nick, so much for being here. Absolutely. Hey, Seth. How's it going? <laughs> I've been such a fan of 8th Blackbird for so long. Tell me just a little bit about your mission and how that relates to this current project, Hand Eye. Sure. Um, so we're celebrating our 20th season right now, So, uh, yeah, which I can't even yeah, believe 20 as seasons. I say it. Oh, man. Uh, but, oh man, you know, it's so great that, you know, we've been able to be together this long and, you know, still really be commissioning and bringing to life new works of art. And so this collective, um, this is actually the third collective that we've commissioned. Uh, we've in the past commissioned other collectives, including uh, the Bang on a Can composers, but these guys, uh, the Sleeping Giant Composer Collective, are all... Uh, just like our group, uh, we met at Oberlin. They all met at Yale, or most of them did, and that's where they kind of came together. But now they're really, they used to be all Brooklyn-based. Now they're kind of expanding across the United States and across the world even. Um, one of their members, Chris Cerrone, just run, uh, is in Rome for the Rome Prize this year. But uh, doing huge things, getting major commissions, uh, winning a lot of awards. Um, so we're really lucky to be working with them. Um, they're also really fantastic people and great guys to hang out with. We've had countless beers with them. Is that important to 8th Blackbird that you'd be able to have beers oh with my the God, composers yeah. with no whom idea. you work? <laughs> if you've been around for 20 years, you need to know you can go out and drink with the people that you work with. So. <laughs> Yes. You know, I was thinking that the beer industry has changed almost as much as contemporary classical music. That that was <laughs> used to I have would very love few options. To talk about that on a, that could take a whole hour. I, I, we'll have that conversation offline. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Let's talk about the first piece that you're going to play by Timo Andres. Sure. This is called Checkered Shade, and um, I should say, you know, for each of the works, um, there's six works. There's six composers six members of Eighth Blackbird. And so what they actually chose, uh, each of the composers chose to do is to feature a particular instrument. Now it's not really in the sense of a concerto, but it's really just that um, each instrument sort of has the generative ideas for the piece. And so um, you'll hear the violin in this piece start off everything. And really the, it's really from those little seeds that he begins to zoom outward until this massive, symphonic structure grows. And that eventually all leads to, toward the middle, there's um, just really beautiful chorale-type writing. Um, so it's, it really kind of spans the gamut from really intimate to this, these huge, monstrous plateaus, in a way. Can I just ask musically, I mean, how, how is he accomplishing that? Are, are there suddenly double stops in the cello, enormous chords in the piano? How is he doing that texturally? Um, he's really, yes. I mean, there's huge, there's double stops, there's um, extended techniques in various instruments, but really, um, 
what I love about this piece is actually the way he just really, for the most part, does it very gradually. Like it, everything just builds and builds and builds, then kind of collapses to a small, you know, little dot, and then builds again and again. And he do, he does this numerous times, this contraction and expansion, of just these small little cells that go to grow the, these huge, monolithic uh, moments. Absolutely, let's hear it. All right. We are going to have a listen now to a piece by Timo Andres. Again, this is part of the Hand Eye Project. It's a fascinating name, and we'll be talking more about that project. This is a collaboration with 8th Blackbird. All of the music we're going to hear tonight is a broadcast premiere, so I'm very, very excited about that. Here now is 8th Blackbird to perform the music of Timo Andres, Checkered Shade.
music of composer Timo Andres, who is a member of the Composer Collective called Sleeping Giant. And that is one of the pieces in the project called Hand Eye. We just heard Eighth Blackbird performing Natalie Joachim, flutes, Michael J. McAfee, clarinets, Ming Huan Shu, violin, substituting for Yvonne Lamb while she was on maternity leave, Nicholas Fotinos, cello, Matthew Duvall, percussion, and Lisa Kaplan, piano. And Lisa happens to be with me right now. Hi, Seth. <laughs> Hello, thank you so much. Thank you. What a wonderful piece. It's huge. It's huge, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it has like these little ideas like Nick mentioned that just kind of grow and expand into like something that makes us feel really kind of like an orchestra. Um, and I mean, I think Timo is a wonderful orchestrator and uh, he really did that to great effect. For sure. It's really romantic, too. It is, uh, yes. It, it starts off in a kind of post-minimalist vein, and then it goes in this other thing, and I thought, if Steve Reich and Brahms had a baby, you know, maybe. <laughs> this would be it. <laughs> possibly. It's entirely possible. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's such a, a stunning language, I think. Yeah. Not what people think of with contemporary classical. Yeah, and I, I also think it's very much um, like Timo's own language, you know, so he has a certain sound, I think, which for somebody who's not even yet 30 years old, I think is um, really quite remarkable. Yeah, and yeah. impressive. The piece is inspired by art, as are all the pieces in the hand-to-eye project. And I was looking at the art while you were playing. Which piece is it? Do you know which the, one the is, one, is the Timo? This one is like a pen and ink drawing okay, okay. Um, that's a little bit like M.C. Escher-like. Oh, um, so I think Timo was struck sort of by um, the nature of taking something that you could make in, at a very sort of macro level and also at a really micro level. It's a very detailed kind of um, pen and ink drawing. That's great. Yeah. I want our listeners to know, too, that we're going to cover a lot of ground tonight in this hour, and I'm not going to barrage you with five different links, but uh, you can go to relevanttones.com and find links to the artwork, uh, information about the residency at MCA, about the Hand Eye Project. So that's relevanttones.com. Let's go to Deborah Johnson, who is the artist that you guys worked with to create a visual component of this piece. Here is the artist Deborah Johnson. It started with the set design, actually, because I had the title of the show, which was Hand Eye. And so I was able to think a lot about what that meant, hand-eye coordination, um, hand-eye relationships, the shape of the hand and the eye, et cetera, et cetera, and worked on that for a while. The original artwork inspired the music, and then we sort of take the music and treat the music as its own piece. Composers are bringing their own personal experiences to it and their own backgrounds or politics or memories to the music so it's it really is a step away from the original artworks really which is the inspiration and then we have the music which is very much its own thing and then further than that it's eighth blackbird taking that and making it their own so the idea was is that then I would be creating visual music compositions for these pieces that would hopefully kind of be like the final translation of the entire process so I was able to look at the artwork and kind of understand the concept behind the original artwork and what the composers were drawn to and kind of the themes that they were working with. From there, I quickly started to um, start mocking up visuals that seemed like that they would be respectful to the original artworks, to the what the composers were trying to do with the notes and representing those artworks like synesthetically. And then finally, what the eighth blackbird, what they were doing with it themselves. Tell me just a little bit more about how the projections interact with the music. 
they're responding live to the audio. So I'm taking in a feed directly from the board and then splitting the frequencies from the music to affect the visuals. So it could be a color shift or scale or the way that the um, patterns are actually moving. And so that you really get a sense that the music itself is generating what you're seeing on screen. So there's a lot going on in this project. (laughs) Yes, there's a lot going on, exactly. And I I was just going to remark, you know, hearing Deborah talk about it is great, but when she is doing the piece together with us, it really feels like she's like the seventh performer of the ensemble because everything that she does is absolutely live. So, okay, what's going on here? We have uh, a project that was inspired by art, and then you wanted to have Deborah create visuals that would be going on while you're performing that are kind of her interpretation of the art or of the art and the music together? I think really Deborah's interpretation is both of what you just described. And let me just say that basically this was a commission um, for us by Maxine and Stuart Frankel, who are a wonderful couple that have an incredible art collection um, in Detroit. And so when we asked them to commission this whole project, actually I think it was Maxine's idea, and she said, well, maybe the composers would like to come and visit the gallery, our gallery, sort of look at the art and maybe you know choose whatever work they like to kind of as their inspiration for the piece. And that, so we really all got together at the gallery. Deborah also went and visited. So there's a lot of layers, I think, in her interpretation as she described, um, both of music, but also of the visual works themselves that the composers chose as their inspirations. And this music is not recorded yet. Actually, the, this this music is recorded, okay. and the um, the official release is going to be later in the spring. But we're going to have copies here and at any of our live shows starting in a week. That's exciting. Yeah, very exciting. You haven't even won your fourth Grammy for filament yet, <laughs> and you've already recorded this other album. <laughs> I know. Sometimes we take a break, and then we're like, now we need to be really busy. <laughs> so you do take breaks. That yeah, does well, happen. We do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Ted Hearn, the next composer that you're going to play. What, what attracts you to his music? So Ted's, um, Ted, I think, has a really wonderful, distinct aesthetic um, that is often charged in a really rhythmic way, as the piece you'll hear is. So Ted's piece is called Bye Bye Huey, and the visual work that he was inspired by from the Frankel's collection is a work um, by Robert Arneson. And the name of that um, painting is Bye Bye Huey, Bye Bye Huey P, actually. And Huey P that it refers to is um, Huey Newton, who was one of the founders of the Black Panthers. And in the work of art, um, it's a, like a kind of woodblock print of Tyrone Robinson's face, who assassinated um, Huey Newton. And on top of Tyrone's face, it, a superimposed is a praying mantis. And when we visited the gallery, um, the curator who sort of took us through and showed us everything remarked to Ted when he was looking at this, yeah, the artist sort of told us that this piece was kind of like about people eating their own. And so that's a kind of dark sort of symbolism. And I think the way sort of Ted translated that into his piece is, it's actually in largely very energetic um, and very rhythmic, but he uses a lot of extended techniques in all of the instruments to kind of play with this idea of 
the inability or ability to be able to speak or kind of get out a thought. So there's a lot of like muting and unmuting of the piano strings and like air noise that turns into notes that goes back to air in the flute and also in the, in the cello and this, in the violin as well. So it's very powerful. Bye bye Huey. It's another of my favorite things about this project, just that the musical languages of the composers are so wonderfully different from each other. So now for something completely different, we're going to hear Eighth Blackbird again performing live at the Museum of Contemporary Art, where they're currently in residence. They are going to play another piece from their upcoming collaboration with sleeping giant Hand Eye. It is Bye Bye Huey by composer Ted Hearn.
music by Ted Hearn, a piece called Bye Bye Huey, inspired by an artwork, as are all the pieces that we're hearing tonight at the Museum of Contemporary Art. You're tuned to a special broadcast of Relevant Tones from Chicago's Museum of Contemporary Art on 98.7 WFMT in Chicago and worldwide via the WFMT radio network. Today's show is a live program featuring 8th Blackbird performing selections from their collaboration with composers from the Sleeping Giant Collective. We do have a podcast at Relevant Tones, and you can subscribe to it. You can also hear all of our previous episodes at our website at relevanttones.com. And I'm going to chat now with somebody from 8th Blackbird. <laughs> okay, great. Natalie Twashem, <laughs> thank you very much. So, Natalie, talk about the residency for us. How did this come about, and what is the, the goal, really, of the residency? Um, I feel really lucky to have this residency be a part of my first season with the group. 8th Blackbird has a long-time relationship with the Museum of Contemporary Art and has played many, many shows here over the years. And really, I think it was about giving folks the opportunity to have a sort of introspective to our process. Art is so much about process, and um, I, I think there's no better venue for that to happen, really, than a museum. And so it's unique in that um, I, I've really never seen anything like it myself across the country, in that we really are a sort of living exhibit here in the museum. People can come by and observe our rehearsals and our works in process, and they're not always as fancy and glamorous as this here tonight. <laughs> but um, I think it's interesting because there's so much that goes into polishing a performance, and, and often with music, you only get to see that finished product. Um, and so it's been really nice here at the museum and is an, an interesting process for us, too, to have people see that part of our process, which is normally a, a really sort of insular and, and personal thing that happens. And so it really opens it up for both parties, I think, and um, we're benefiting a lot from it. And I, I think we've had a really wonderful reaction um, to folks here in our, our home this year at the MCA. So you, you get to talk to a lot of people, I assume, who come to the museum. How many people were here to see the art? And then you, I mean, you can't go anywhere in the museum and not hear the music. So yeah. <laughs> then they're drawn to the music. And, and what kind of reactions are you guys getting from people? Um, a really wide range of reactions. And, and I think all positive. I mean, some, some days here at the museum are ultra vibrant. Like Family Day, for example, has lots of kids running around. And they're always really interested to, to know more about the instruments, to know about what, what it is we're doing. or some you'd be surprised come in and just sit really quietly. And um, so we've had, you, you'd be surprised. I think we've had everything from people asking very normal and sort of generic questions to people who really come with questions about the structure and the form of the music and coming back repeated times to hear how it's developing. And I think that that's been, overall, it's been really positive and interesting just to have such a wide um, variety of people interested in the music, whether they came here to, to see us specifically or not. Have you stayed the night in the museum yet? Has there been like a Ben Stiller, you know, <laughs> night in the museum kind of thing no, going? No, but good idea. <laughs> I don't know what happens around here after hours. I, I, well, we're after hours right now, but like really after hours. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. Okay, all right, I'm just curious. Because you are here a lot. This is not, when you hear a residency, you think, oh, they'll be around a little bit. They'll, they'll come by, they'll shake some hands. But you guys, you practically, if you're in Chicago, you're here. Yeah, that's true. So uh, really all of our rehearsals that happen here at home happen here at the MCA this season. And 
and so people have the opportunity to come by um, anytime, and there's always a schedule posted on both uh, 8th Blackbird's website and also the MCA's website um, where you can figure out when we'll be here. And when we're not here, there is a really lovely sort of couple of sets of exhibits. One is a video that, that uh, shows 8th Blackbird in performance and also in rehearsal and getting to uh, see and hear parts of that process even in our absence. Um, and then right now there is a, a wonderful Child of Tree exhibit, which is of course a John Cage piece. Um, and so that's a really interactive part of the exhibit. Where I'm sitting, I can watch you guys play and watch the video at the same time. Yeah. So it's like double eighth black, 16th Blackbird. It's, 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 it's amazing. It's wonderful. Well, the residency goes until July 10th. I highly encourage people to check it out. Let's talk about what we're playing tonight, though, the, the hand-eye project and the piece that we're about to hear, which is from Conduit by Rob Honstein. We're going to hear Touch and Pulse. Natalie, what can you tell us about the music? Um, this piece, so uh, as Nick and Lisa mentioned, um, each of the pieces sort of uses one of the instruments as a catalyst of sorts for uh, the composition. This one is flute-centric, if You're you will. You're the lucky, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to, to me, it's uh, really interesting how the, the language, the type of language that he uses in writing is language that suits the instrument very well. And so in that sense, I feel like you, you get a sense of um, its connection to the flute. But beyond that, the movements are called touch, pulse, and send. Um, and it's about our sort of interaction with devices these days, right? So you, you pick up your phone and you touch it to make, it, make the lights come on. You sort of send the next little bit to have it process whatever information you're trying to process and then it sort of sends you or sends someone else a message. Um, and so in that way and sort of like how you activate a device, the flute sort of manages to activate the rest of the ensemble. So you'll hear a bit of that uh, certainly in um, especially touch the first movement. The flute is the spark that creates this beautiful color of sound when everybody comes in together. That's fantastic. All right, we're going to hear the piece now, performed live, again here at the Museum of Contemporary Art. And uh, we are on the third floor gallery. The uh, people that come through this exhibit, they are walking down the stairs. They, they can't miss it. I think it's just an extraordinary residency again. Well, here is Eighth Blackbird to perform two movements from Conduit by composer Robert Hanstein. We're going to hear Touch, and then we're going to hear Pulse.
music by a composer called Robert Hanstein, uh, who is part of the Sleeping Giant Collective. It's performed by H. Blackbird, Natalie Joachim, flutes, Michael J. McAfee, clarinets, Ming Huan Shu, violin, Nicholas Fotinos, cello, Matthew Duvall, percussion, and Lisa Kaplan, piano. This is part of an upcoming project called Hand Eye, and it features music inspired by art, but there are also live visuals. Thank you so much, Nick. Thank you all, uh, Eighth Blackbird, for doing this broadcast. Uh, thank, thank you to the MCA, you. everybody. Thank you so much. And thanks to our live studio audience. <laughs> Today's broadcast of Relevant Tones was produced by Jesse McCorders. A special thanks to David Polk, Joshua Savageau, Candace Agree, Steve Robinson, Peter Taub, Elena Grotto, Madeline Borg, Peter McDowell, and the staff of the Museum of Contemporary Art in Chicago. Our live broadcast engineer was Eric Arunas. For more information about 8th Blackbird and the Sleeping Giant Composer Collective, you can find us on Facebook or visit our website at relevanttones.com. 8th Blackbird can be found online at 8thblackbird.org. Relevant Tones is made possible in part by the generous support of the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, the Amphion Foundation, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. This project is supported in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks. I'm Seth Bostead, and this is the WFMT Radio Network.